Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I spoke with one of the leading change agents in theater today, multi-hyphenate theater artist Cody Renard Richard. Having already been a working stage manager on Broadway and in theater in general for nearly a decade, in June of 2020, Cody posted a series of stories about the racism that he had suffered working in the industry. Those social media posts went viral and helped make Cody a leading voice for change in the theatrical community. In our conversation, we talk about those posts, the scholarship that he's launched to bring more people of color into offstage theater roles, stage managing the first play back on Broadway following the pandemic, the upcoming Theater Maker Summit, which will take place November 6th, 7th, and 8th, both virtually and in New York City, which Cody will be a panelist for, and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Cody Renard Richard. So, Cody, the, the Theater Maker Summit takes place over three days next month with all these keynotes and panels happening virtually, and they have a list of all of them on their website, but they don't actually say who's going to be involved with which ones. And I have a few that I'm imagining that you could be a part of based off the descriptions, but are you able to share what panel or panels that you will be leading and or participating in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be participating in the accessing your creativity and productivity through uh, self-care. Uh, I'm doing that with Sierra Bogus. That seems like a perfect uh, combination to be leading uh, that panel. So what does that what does that mean? How do you go into that process um, and dive into some of the details of what you're going to be uh, teaching these theater makers uh, in that session? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I am, <laughs> I'm an extremely busy person, and mm-hmm. I think that it's very important to um, to honor myself and self-care and you know my grandma used to always say you can't pour from an empty cup so just uh finding ways that we can um refill our cups and still stay present and honest in the moment um so we're not you know uh working too hard you know not letting the job work us but also making it uh, work for us so just kind of going into details what i do for self-care and just maintenance and um trying to navigate all of that yeah, we're going to talk about all of the the different jobs that keep you so incredibly busy here uh, in in a little bit. But when when talking about the summit, like there is such a, a wide array of things that are going to be talked about. Everything from like this stuff that you're talking about with self care, all the way down to like Facebook ads and like how to use that for marketing. Like it's such a a wide range um, of things that people can learn about. From your perspective, why are these types of events and this event in particular important for this field, but especially so as we're coming back from the pandemic and hopefully learning from some of the past mistakes that the the industry has made and reshaping how it works and looks in the future. Yeah, I mean, this these these types of events are incredibly important, especially when they're virtual, because it allows people Mm -hmm. from all over to attend. Um, And the other thing, too, is that because there's a wide um, array of different um, uh, themes and things that we've spoken about, it it gives people an opportunity to lean in and to challenge what they don't know. And, and, you know, I think in the pandemic, a lot of us put on different hats, so we're able to learn different things. So I think this will help strengthen all of the new avenues that people are going into. Um, And also think that as theater makers, we are we are 
better at our jobs when we understand how other things function. So I think that this conference mm-hmm. offer offers that as well. We kind of get a, um, a peek into all these other worlds. Now, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I'm assuming you at least know some of the other things that are happening uh, at the summit. Is there anything else uh, on the list that has potentially caught your eye? I mean, I know how busy you are, so I don't know that you're going to be sitting in on anything else. But is there anything in there that you thought would be especially important for theater makers to make sure that they put on their uh, on their schedule for the summit when they attend virtually next month? Yeah, there are two that I that that really caught my eye. There's one called "How do you uh, uh, produce your show? How do you get to produce your show?" Uh, producing is something that I've been interested in for a while, so just hearing from different producers I think is really mm-hmm. important. And then there's another one um, called uh, "Maintaining Momentum" about advancing equity for BIPOC theater makers, um, and that I you know <laughs> I think that's so important for everyone yeah. to to kind of sit in on. Um, because we've been talking about it for a while. So how do we keep the momentum going and how do we keep moving forward? So I think that conversation um, is going to be a really special one. And that was actually that maintaining momentum one was one I thought that you might be leading, actually. So I'm glad that you mentioned uh, that one. But, you know, to kind of talk about that, I, I know I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, obviously, but it's pretty unusual for a stage manager to become um, as high profile profile as you have over the past year and a half, but following the tweets that you sent out last summer that went you know viral about the racism that you've witnessed and experienced in the theater, you've become far more than just a stage manager. And like I said, I want to talk about all your new job titles in a second, but you've become a leader in the industry in in, in so many ways. So I'm curious how that evolution has been just for you as a person is going from someone who literally has spent your, you know, a decade of your career working behind the scenes, literally in the dark to someone who is leading these important discussions and, 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 and fighting for change in a very public way, which is kind of the antithesis of what your actual career had been up until that point. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. Um, uh, you know, most of my career has been stage managing and being backstage and making the show function in that way. Um, but these conversations that are that now are on a bigger platform, um, I've always been ha- having with folks. Um, sure. Uh, you know, so I think that it's been so I think that I've been I was prepared for this moment, I guess, just because as a stage manager, um, we lead companies. We, you know, make sure that the show runs and functions that way. So being put in a different um light as 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 a leader, I guess, is is kind of in line with what I've been doing. Um, I, I am an outgoing person. So, <laughs> so, you know, um, the spotlight, so to speak, uh, is, was scary, I guess, but it also just allowed me to dig into a different part of myself. Um, so it's been wild. It's been interesting. I never imagined that, um, that, you know, when people use words like high profile or, you know, someone called me a theater celebrity the other day. It's weird. It's <laughs> yeah. weird to hear because I would never say that about myself. But I guess when I take a step and look at it, I can, you know, it's just a, it's been an interesting journey, I guess. Yeah. And what's so great about it is, is that not only have you been leading so many of these discussions and um, and, and kind of bringing some things to the forefront, you're also paying it forward with the CRR scholarship program, which is uh, it's it's something that I think is so vital because we just 
it's never really been at the forefront of people's minds. Um, I mean, stage managers in general aren't at the forefront of people's minds and theater, um, you know, professionals in the backstage stuff. So can you explain what the scholarship program is intended to do um, for, you know, the, the, the folks that work on building the shows, but aren't actually the ones on stage? Absolutely. But first I want to make, I want to comment on what you just said, you know, stage managers aren't normally at the forefront of people's minds. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud to be so visible now. Mm -hmm. People see me on the street and they're like, oh, you're Cody, you're the stage manager. People know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like now, so like, I'm happy that that visibility happens. So maybe, you know, younger students are like, oh, I can stage manage now. You know what I mean? They can put, um, it's tangible. You know what I mean? So I think that that's also important to say. Um, But to kind of speak about the scholarship, yeah, the scholarship we launched last year um, in September of 2020, and we're actually getting ready to relaunch it um, uh, in October, in the middle of this month. So um, we're getting excited to release those details. Um, But the scholarship is for uh, BIPOC individuals um, or people of the global majority, um, students who are studying non-performance related degrees. So people who are studying stage management, directing, designing, playwriting, um, any of those offstage degrees. And it's essentially to bring them all together and to um, provide support. So um, they get a financial grant. Um, Last year, we gave them all $4,000. This year, we're gonna up it and give students $5,000. Um, they get a grant and they go through these series of, of work sessions with me and people that I bring in to kind of focus on community building and leadership and um, standing in your power and learning and, and uh, owning your voice and, and then kind of giving them access to industry professionals so they can start networking now. Um, so that's kind of what the program does. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, it hits so close to home because I say this all the time. Growing up, um, I didn't have a mentor that looked like me in the theater, you know, and somehow I still made it happen. So if these students can see people who look like them doing the work that they want to do, the sky's the limit. So I'm essentially trying to give students what I didn't have when I was coming yeah. up. And that's been like the, the goal of the program. Yeah. And so you started out last year with your first group of of scholarship uh, recipients. How did that whole process go as you're getting ready to move into the second year? Whether were there things that you thought worked well or things that you were hoping to improve upon um, for the next group or maybe entice future applicants uh, with moving forward? Yeah, I mean, there were, I learned so much, you know, um, (laughs) who knew putting together a scholarship program would be so much work, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was great. Um, You know, the one going back to kind of the self-care thing we were talking about, when I work with these students, they pour into me so much because they are all so incredibly gifted they are and they're so much more advanced than I ever was at that age so it's so inspiring to share space with them so that was one of the biggest takeaways I had and I think I would also I would always um I would get worked up about okay what are we going to do this session am I doing enough am I doing enough and then I would get in the room with them and I would look around and I would see all of them in community together and I was like that's all I needed to do was to bring these individuals together. Whatever happens beyond this, it doesn't matter. The fact that we are all in a space together to share space and to kind of dream up what we want together 
was enough. So that was the, that was, that was really special for me. Um, and I got a lot of incredible feedback from the students and, and we're going to increase the number of sessions that we had, uh, cause they felt like they wanted a little more. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm taking from them. Um, we're also looking to, you know, they're all from different schools and from different, um, states and, and whatnot. So we are looking to have, um, a weekend to where we can fly all of the students to New York City so they can all be together in person and then we'll match oh, wow. them with people. Yeah. And then we'll have them um, shadow on shows and stuff like that. So that's that's one of the, the new components that we're hoping to add for this next cohort. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I had mentioned a couple times the things that you do beyond stage managing. Obviously, that is, I still, I think, still, despite everything else, your your primary gig. But since Broadway returned, you have added a couple of different titles to your resume in addition to stage managing the first play back on Broadway with Passover and returning to that role for Freestyle Love Supreme. You also are credited as the associate director for Freestyle Love Supreme's Returned, and you are a producer on Thoughts of a Colored Man. I'm. You said you were interested in producing, so I, I kind of want to get into that. How did that come to be, and, and what have you learned and gotten out of that experience as that show has just recently opened? Yeah, um, so Thoughts of a Colored Man, I was one of the stage managers on the workshop production oh, wow. in two, 2017. And um, I immediately was taken with the show. It was, it was a beautiful account of a black man's journey, you know? Um, and so I love the show. I've been, you know, Brian Moreland, who is the lead producer is a friend and I've been following the show for a while. Um, and then when the show announced to come to Broadway, I was so ecstatic for everybody. Um, and the show kind of fell in my lap. I was actually upstate with a friend and just taking a couple of weeks to just decompress because of all the things that were going on. And a guy named Cody Lassen reached out to me, who's one of the co-producers on the show and asked if I would, you know, he said my name had been circulating his world and, and people have been saying that, you know, Cody would be a good producer. So reach out to him, um, which I'm grateful that people are looking at me that way. Um, yeah. so, so we had a really great conversation and I told him that producing is something that I'd always been interested in, but it was ingrained in me to not necessarily pursue it because I didn't want to confuse people about, you know, me stage managing and me wanting to do this and that and whatever. So I'd always been scared to do it. I just never took the leap and never felt like the right time. And in that moment, I was like, why not? You know, um, I believe in this show. I feel like I am in a place now to where I can, you know, dabble in it and see if it's something that I really want to pursue long term later down the line. Um, so, yeah, we met. We talked about the show. We talked about all of the things that uh, I would be responsible for. And, I'll, you know, and it just felt like the right the right opportunity. So I agreed to come on board and it's been really great. Yeah. The show opens last week and it is such a beautiful show mm -hmm. it is such a beautiful show um i can't say say that enough it's such a beautiful powerful show yeah so having had this experience you said you were going to dabble and see what you thought have you dabbled enough to see if this is something that you might want to continue exploring in the future oh absolutely you know um i i'm in an interesting position to where you know i still love stage managing and i still um 
will continue to do it until I don't love it anymore. Um, but producing is something that I'm definitely going to continue to explore um, as the yeah as the years go. Well, speaking of stage managing, you posted a while back, um, I guess back in August, um, the video of you reading what I guess I, I don't know, not a curtain speech, but the intro speech from the first performance um, of Passover, and we were just seeing you backstage with a mic, but we could hear the audience's response to hearing you speak. Um, well, I don't know that they knew it was you, but I mean, the fact that that first Broadway show was returning and it looked like you got, uh, kind of overwhelmed and emotional, uh, about that whole thing. What was that like to be a part of that first? I mean, no offense to Bruce Springsteen, but the first Broadway show to return after, you know, almost a year and a half of, of a shutdown. I mean, it was magical. <laughs> it was absolutely magical. I, um, you know, it's interesting now that, you know, Passover closed uh, last week on the 10th and um, and now I'm already on freestyle, which has been a whirlwind. But I didn't have a moment to to kind of sit and reflect on what we did with Passover. It was the first play to come back to Broadway. And that first night, um, you know, my friends kept saying, this is history. This is historic. You were the first voice we heard on Broadway. And I didn't let that sink in until like, you know, weeks later. And I was like, wow, what a moment to live. Um, and I did get emotional. You know, I love the theater. I um, and it was it, it was a rush of nerves and energy just hearing the audience soak up. Welcome back to Broadway. You know, like it was it was cool. It was exciting. It was definitely magical. Yeah. Well, you mentioned being back on Freestyle Love Supreme. And I, and I just have to ask because. Uh, that whole show is just kind of an insane uh, experience to watch. And you kind of just marvel at how these folks can can do that at the drop of a hat. And obviously, I think everybody understands how improv works. There's there's some set pieces and all that stuff. But from a stage managing perspective, when you have to call cues and all that kind of stuff, how does that work with an improv show? Because I have to imagine you have to be just as much a part of those uh, improv evolutions as the cast does. Cause you have to be on your toes to call things as much as they have to be to sing and rap and say things on stage as well. Yeah. I mean, freestyle is the most fun I've ever had on a show. <laughs> it's also, yeah. um, at first, when I first started working on it, excuse me, it was also one of the most scary things I've done on a show. <laughs> I believe it, you know, and I've worked for Cirque du Soleil and they, and there's some, some really insane stuff yeah. there. But um, but freestyle, it's it's uh, I love it, you know, and it's it's never the same. I like to call it structured improv. Folks who have seen the show mm -hmm. um, multiple times understand that we that some of the game, the structure of the games are the same. The content is what's different. So you get a different experience every time you see the show. We take new suggestions. We tell different stories. Some nights you'll come in and you'll laugh all night. And some nights there's a certain game that we do. We'll, we'll have you crying. It'll touch you in a certain way. You know, so, so it's amazing to go on that journey and to kind of play along with them. You know, there are some cues that I know are going to hit, you know, at a certain moment because they only rap for however many bars. But what they say within those bars is always different. So it's fun to go on that journey and kind of play along. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, um, I will we'll wrap this up kind of back with the... Uh, the theater makers summit and you spoke about your panel with Sierra and for folks who 
are are maybe thinking about doing this from the sixth. Uh, I think technically through the eighth. There's a bonus day on the eighth, um, and there, like you said, everything is done virtually. Although there are some in-person networking things happening in New York, but if people are looking at the schedule, trying to figure out what panels to go to. Um, can you give us, uh, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, the types of things or one little nugget that they might be able to learn from the panel that you and Sierra uh, are going to be leading? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, come because I'll be there and I would love to engage with you. Of course. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I'll say is that, you know, Sierra and I do very different things. I met Sierra last year, actually, at the Theater Maker Summit. Oh, and, cool. if you, and if you don't know Sierra, she was uh, Ariel in Little Mermaid. She's an amazing... And she's done a bunch of other things too, but she's an amazing actress. Um, so we approach um, our work differently, but um, but we both have a common interest in taking care of ourselves. So I think it, it you'll find benefits in seeing how someone who manages things on the other side of the table um, steps into the role uh, of work and 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 um, I guess the work life balance, so to speak. And you'll have someone who's an actor, and you'll hear their perspective on what it's like to be an actress, a busy actress in this world and how they don't lose themselves in the job. Um, so it'll be a really interesting um, conversation between the both of us. Yeah. And I can almost guarantee that at some point you will hear the phrase, you are enough come out of Sierra's mouth because that seems to be her catchphrase. So I think that fits very much in the uh, uh, in, in the scope of this panel. So you'll, you'll hear it from her and you'll hear it from me because <laughs> one of the things that I try to impart on people all the time is that, you know, that they are more powerful than they think. And I think sometimes when we are working so hard, we forget that because we give yeah. ourselves to our jobs. So we'll probably definitely talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much for taking the time to chat about this today. I've been so enthralled with uh, uh, how your career has progressed over the past year and looking forward to so many great things both on and off stage from you in the future. So thank you again for taking the time and uh, continued success and, uh, and everything else in the future. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. We will have a link to where you can get more information on the Theater Maker Summit, details on the CRR Scholarship, and how to get tickets to see Freestyle Love Supreme cream, cream, in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to Cody Renard Richard, Brett Oberman, and the man without whom none of Broadway radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, we may not yet have reached our glory, but I will gladly join the fight. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. <laughs>